god! Ah. Why? 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 <sighs> you know, this is the best version of Seth Rollins that we've ever had in WWE. I really, really hope we're not getting towards the end of Seth Rollins' career. I can't take it. I can't take it. Just can't. Please. Come on, Seth. Oh, we gotta talk about this injury because I knew about it weeks ago and I thought it was I thought he was kayfabing, but he's not. Oh. <sighs> deep breaths. Deep breaths. Namaste. 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 <sighs> Welcome. Welcome to the fan, to the aspiring pro wrestler, and everybody in between. Welcome to the Manifest Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Alfonso McCree Jr. That's A L P H O N S O M C C R A E E Jr. And this podcast is brought to you by the Believe Network. Look. I saw an interview Seth Rollins did a few weeks ago where he said he had some fractures in his back, small fractures in his back. Okay. He said, oh, I should probably get surgery on it, but I'm trying to avoid that. He said he'd been doing stem cell treatment instead, which is very effective, very innovative you know, forms of treatment that have come along in the medical field. It's good. You know, it could be a nice treatment replacement for surgery in some cases. But I don't know about in this one, guys. I mean, small fractures of the lumbar spine. Take, take it from me, okay? All right? This is one thing I can speak on from personal experience, okay? Because I haven't been in WWE AEW, Impact Wrestling, or any of those top-level companies. In fact, I just started training. But I do have experience with serious back injuries. For those of you who don't know, yes, I do train in pro wrestling. And yes, I do train in pro wrestling with a slip vertebrae in my L4, in my spine. It's not fun, but I manage and I get through it because this is my dream. Can you imagine, ladies and gentlemen, whatever job you do, whether you work in the office, in the cubicle, whether you work for Amazon, whether you're a chef, I don't know. I don't know what you could possibly be. Just imagine for a second working the job that you work with small fractures in your spine. No thanks. Now, imagine this. Imagine your job requires you 
to fall on that back that your spine is in every single night. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? I feel like some of you would quit that job. And I wouldn't even blame you. I wouldn't even blame you. That's not to call you weak. That's not to call you somebody who can't handle pain or discomfort. That's just saying you're a human being and you don't like working with fractures in your spine. Because who does that? Well, apparently Seth Rollins does that for four years. How do you do that? How do, how do you do that? How do you work in professional wrestling with broken bones in your spine? I'm surprised Becky even lets him do it. I, I'm not a doctor, but I would assume he takes a bump the wrong way and that could lead to paralysis. I mean... Hey, that, that's any bump, though, really, right? You know, like, that could happen at any time. But when the spine is already, you know, has some dents, some fractures, some breaks in it, I would think that would make it a little bit more high risk than before. I don't know. Tell me if I'm wrong. I, I don't understand. I don't understand. So for those of you who don't understand... How we even got to this point. Just understand that on Monday. We got insight into what Shinsuke Nakamura said to Seth Rollins last week on Raw. That had Seth Rollins frozen like a deer in headlights before he ate another Kinshasa. Well, apparently. Shinsuke Nakamura said to Seth Rollins. Hey, bro. Hey, that injury you've been trying to hide? <laughs> you aren't very good at hiding it. And I know about it. I know about your back. He said that. He said that. And that led to Seth Rollins doing a backstage interview on Raw this week saying, yes, the back injury is legit. Yes, I have small fractures in my back. It's been four years. It's been like this since 2019. And it sucks. But I keep pressing through. And I'm going to beat Shinsuke Nakamura at payback. Bro, don't worry about payback, bro. You have bones not where they're supposed to be in your back. Ooh, bro, you better have a sleep number bed on that trailer bus, bro. I swear. I swear, man. I, how? How do you do that? How do you do that? How do you wrestle with broken bones in your back? Every bump you take, for the most part, is on your back. How do you do that? Ladies and gentlemen, wrestling and being in this business has been a dream of mine since I was four years old. But every single year, something happens to somebody or somebody reveals some type of injury that has me questioning, what the hell are you doing? Why are you going into wrestling? Don't you want to be able to walk when you're 60? And I'm like, yeah, that sounds great, but you know. Eh. 
Don't you want to be able to, I don't know, uh, sleep on your back without raging pain? Yeah, that, that sounds nice. But I still want to wrestle. You... You have to be a psychopath to want to do this for a living. So maybe I am. Maybe I am a psychopath to want to do this for a living. To want to purposefully and intentionally throw my body at something for the entertainment of others. But you know what? I gotta say, there is something... To be said about hearing those cheers, seeing that excitement. I just did my first show this past weekend. I did not wrestle, but our referee could not make it, so I stepped up. And even being a referee in front of that crowd. And this crowd was, I don't even know if it was 100 people watching us. You know, we were at the Orlando Kids and Family Expo. Great experience. Awesome. The kids were amazing. Easy crowd, by the way. I've heard that kids always are because they already see you as superheroes. They're not smart fans yet, so they don't really understand what they're watching is not real. And they don't understand the choreography behind it like a lot of adults do. So they're not really paying attention to every little detail. They're just watching and enjoying themselves. That crowd, man. Performing in front of that crowd was exhilarating. So I can't imagine how Seth Rollins feels going out in front of at least minimum 15,000 people every single time he wrestles. And then you go to the big shows and you got 60,000, 70, 80, 90,000 people. They all know who you are and they all have an opinion about you, good or bad. They all have an emotion about you and they show it. They show it. That would probably be hard for me to walk away from, too. I can't lie. But fractures in your back? Seth, come on, bro. Come on. Come on. Come on. My guy. There has to be a limit to how much you can put your body through before you say, I should probably take a break and get a surgery. Or I should probably take a break and just let my body naturally heal. How do you wrestle? Small fractures in your back? I remember when I first slipped my vertebrae. I remember going into work every day in the service, not falling on my back, but just lifting stuff, which is part of what Seth does. He lifts people. Just lifting stuff and just, you know, leaning over in awkward positions, working on different equipment and things like that. So imagine that times five, which is what Seth does on a nightly basis. And he's doing that with broken bones in his back. Not a slip vertebrae. A slip vertebrae you can operate on. It's it's a throbbing pain every single day. I feel it every single day. Yes. But it's not a, oh my God, unbearable kind of pain. I know for a fact Seth is in unbearable pain every single day. And then he throws himself at the mat again. Guys, at some point, 
what what is the limit what is the limit what how far do we go to entertain crowds how far do we go for the glory for the adoration for the respect how far are we willing to go because seth is clearly going very very far right now Hmm. I'm not going to say it couldn't be me because I don't know what I'm willing to put my body through. I thought I would never pursue wrestling, period, because I was worried about my back. And honestly, I got to say, the more I wrestle, the better my back actually feels, which is very, very strange. It's very strange. When you think about it, it's like, when I'm wrestling, my body is constantly running off adrenaline. And I feel the throbbing pain a lot less than I did before. I really wonder if that's what Seth's body is doing. It's just running off a of straight adrenaline. I don't know, man. What I do know is Seth Rollins is set to face Shinsuke Nakamura one week from Saturday at WWE Payback in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And he's going to do it with two small fractures in his back. In his spine. I want to hear no lumbar spine. It's his spine. And he's wrestling on it. Now, I will say, I will say, right, when you're taking bumps, you are supposed to take them on your upper back. So there are ways that he can protect himself in these matches. But that's still two broken bones in his lower back. And that's ridiculous. That is crazy to me. I sprained my ankle a month and a half ago. And there was no way I was getting back in the ring until that was healed. No way. How do you break bones and get back into the ring? Don't tell me wrestling's fake. It is the most beautiful, violent form of art that has ever existed in this world. But it is not fake. Scripted but not fake choreographed, but not fake. If it was fake. People like Devon Dudley would be walking normally right now. But instead back problems, hip problems plague him. If it was fake, the undertaker would still be wrestling right now. Because he wouldn't have had to have multiple hip surgeries. If it was fake, Hulk Hogan would still be wrestling right now. Because he wouldn't have had to have multiple hip surgeries. If it was fake, Big E would still be wrestling right now. Because he wouldn't have broken his neck on live television. If it was fake, Bret Hart would have been wrestling into the early 2000s because he wouldn't have got a concussion from Goldberg that ended his career. 
People got to start respecting this craft, man. It's no joke. Prepare your body for this. You put a lot of time, energy, and work into yourself to get good at this. And then wrestling takes just as much as it gives. And sometimes it takes more than it gives. In the case of Seth Rollins, I really hope he gets everything that he deserves out of this industry. Because that injury is no joke. Do not be mistaken by the fact that he's wrestling through it. That injury is no joke. That injury will stick with him through the rest of his life. So for everything that these wrestlers give us, give them that love back. My goodness, have they earned it. When we come back on Manifest Wrestling, it's the three count, your new favorite segment. We've got three very special topics to discuss from this week's episode of Monday Night Raw. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Manifest Wrestling, brought to you by Believe Network. I'm your host, Alfonso McCree Jr., A-L-P-H-O-N-S-O-M-C-C-R-E-E Jr. And you can bet on me. And you can bet on this. One, two, three count! So for count number one, we have the Intercontinental Championship match from Monday. It was Gunther, and it was Chad Gable, and it was good. It was really good. And I say good and not great because I hated the ending. I really did. I hated the ending, but I liked the match. Gunther versus a small opponent is still one of the best things the WWE ever puts on television. I think in the previous episode... I can't remember specifically which one it was, but I did mention very clearly, if you want to see Gunther's best matches in WWE, they are not on the main roster, even though his main roster matches are excellent as well. His best matches in WWE came in NXT UK versus Tyler Bate versus Pete Dunne versus Ilya Dragunov. What do all three of those men have in common? They are the same size as that man, Chad Gable. And the David versus Goliath thing works so well for Gunther. He is great at those matches. Great. He does the perfect amount of selling and the perfect amount of offense. And the offense is always great. There were so many times in this match where he was just chasing Gable around and then just smacking him in the chest. It was great. It was like it was like a it was like a you know um, a horror movie villain stalking you and then just stabbing you. But instead of stabbing you, he's chest chopping you, and it hurts really bad. And you cry, and your chest is all red, and you, you know, curl up in a corner. Gunther's great, man, and Chad Gable is great too. This finish was kind of awful to me. Yeah, I said it. I didn't like it. I didn't like the finish. I get what they were trying to do. They were trying to protect Gable. They were trying to protect Gunther as well. 
and they were trying to ensure that Gunther retained uh, his championship so that he can break the Intercontinental Championship record. He's less than a week away. So it makes sense why they did what they did. But... uh, I don't like the count-out thing. And the only reason I don't like the count-out thing is because of everyone's reaction after it. I didn't like how hard Chad Gable was celebrating. Like, dude, you know coming in that this is an Intercontinental Championship match. You know you didn't win the title when you won by count-out. But he was celebrating like Lex Luger when he beat Yokozuna. Like, you're celebrating like you won the championship. You didn't win the championship. Why are you so happy? You should be pissed. You just became the first person to beat Gunther since he came to the main roster, but you didn't even take his title. I don't know. Kind of weird to me. Kind of weird to me. I mean, if it... I'll say this. If if it sets it up where I can see the match again, cool. I'll take it. He goes... I like the di- I like the dynamic. I like the David versus Goliath dynamic when it features Gunther. I love it. I think it's amazing. I think he does such a great job in those matches. But this finish really sucked. Sorry, it did. It really did. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. What would I have done? Uh, preferably. Preferably what I might have done here is maybe have Gable do his German suplex finisher, but get a little bit too close to the ropes. And he pins him one, two, three. But before the three count, Gunther has his hand on the rope. And, you know, the ref rings the bell. Hey, we got a new champion. Everybody's going crazy, celebrating and everything like that. But then they look at the replay, and they can see Gunther's hand was on the rope. Decision reverse. Gunther retains and escapes by the skin of his teeth that way. I didn't I didn't like... I just didn't like the count-out thing. Because, like, that would have made sense, right? If, if Gable starts celebrating after that, after he thinks that he's just pinned Gunther... Like, that would have made sense for Gable to be celebrating that hard. Gable was celebrating way too hard to... He knows he just won my count out. He knows he didn't win the championship. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I digress. That That's my two cents on that. Count number two. Ms. L.A. Knight. It keeps getting better, okay? I love how great these two are on the mic. And honestly, it's like instead of feuding, I kind of wish they were like teaming up or maybe becoming a stable or something. Man, they're just the best guys on the mic right now. They really are. But uh, obviously, the direction that they're heading in is Miz versus LA Knight at Payback. LA Knight's probably going to go over. It's an obvious choice to make. Um, But, you know, Miz, was, Miz continues to make some good points. Like, we as wrestling fans are very fickle, man. Like, we have to admit it. We're very fickle, and we could decide at any point that we don't like LA Knight anymore. Done it with plenty of superstars in the past. Decided we just don't like them one day. 
Happened with Cena. Happened with Roman Reigns. It could happen with LA Knight. It could definitely happen with LA Knight. And I've said in the previous episode too, I think the way to prevent that from happening is you have to give us something more to connect to with LA Knight. Like, yeah, he's a great talker on the mic. He can work in the ring. He's funny. He looks like a superstar. He has awesome theme music. But at some point, you have to give us something more to connect to when it comes to him. Let me tell you a a great example that my wife has given me uh, over the years. My wife is completely in love with me. Head over heels in love with me. Like, what an honor that is to have that be my reality as well. But the point that I make in bringing that up is we have had plenty of conversations when we're not really, uh, when, when things seem kind of off, basically. When the romance ain't really flowing like it like it's usually, you know, for the most part. And the thing that she always points to and says, this is the reason why, is she says, I don't feel like we're connecting enough right now. We're not spending enough time together. I'm, I'm not getting to know you because she wants to get to know me every single day. She wants to know something new about me all the time, every single day. Every opportunity that she gets, she wants to get to know me better. Because it's true, as we get older, we evolve. We become different people every single day. Every single year, we become somebody different. We are not the same person that we were 10 years ago. And if you are, that is a problem. We are meant to evolve as people. But my wife, as my partner, as my life partner, wants to know me that much more she wants to know every evolution that i take she wants to keep getting to know me she wants to know me on a deeper level she wants to connect because when she's not connecting with me she doesn't feel as head over heels so it's my responsibility to make sure that i am letting her get to know me every single day the same goes with la knight we love him right now We're head over heels in love with him as the WWE universe. But if we don't continue to get to know him a lot better, then that love is going to start fading away. I think it's important that we get to know LA Knight's journey to WWE a lot better. Because it was a long one. Everybody has a different journey to where they get when they get to the top. If they get to the top of wherever, whatever industry, whatever company, whatever thing that they work for, there's always a different path for everybody. Some are like Randy Orton, where he's a third generation superstar and he just had it from the jump. And he was catapulted to the top. He became the youngest world heavyweight champion in history at the time when he won the belt. You take that. And then you take somebody like L.A. Knight. Spent a couple decades, you know, trying to get to this point. You know, he's he's over 40 now. L.A. Knight is not young. He's not he's not the next superstar you're investing 20 years in. You know, he's he's up there. But I think that's important because he can relate to a lot of us in the audience. A lot of us who scratch and claw for long periods of time before we get our big breaks. 
and we wait and we wait and we play it patient. We just keep going. We keep going. I want to hear about that story from L.A. Knight. I want to get to know L.A. Knight on that level. That's how I want to know L.A. Knight. The catchphrases are great. I love them. They're funny. They're entertaining. But my goodness, I need to, I need more than that. I need more than that or I'm going to fall off the L.A. Knight train. So I want to know more from L.A. Knight. The reason people love The Miz so much and respect him, even though he's a heel, people love and respect this man so much because they know his story. They know everything he went through backstage. They know everything that people told him about who he was going to be and what he was going to be. And they know what he became regardless of that. And now they know his family. They know his wife. They know his daughters. You know that Miz and Mrs. thing. I don't watch it personally, but I know there's a lot of people who do. And they connect with him through that. They get to know him better through that. I'm not saying LA Knight needs a reality show. I'm saying we need to know about LA Knight's reality. Or else this thing will lose steam. And I don't want that to happen. Because LA Knight deserves this spot. He has worked hard for this spot. Eli Drake has worked hard. Hard to become L.A. Knight. And he deserves this spot. I don't want to see him lose it. And finally, count number three. Sami Zayn and KO. Finally, the tag team champions are back together. KO is back from his injury. He actually returned uh, in Montreal this past week. He was doing a, a live event with WWE. And um, he that was actually his first his first time back. Uh, Tonight was his first time back on television, though, but his first time back in WWE after that month off from the injury was, of course, in Montreal. And another, as I mentioned in the previous episode, I met Kevin Owens at the airport. I thought he was super cool. He took a picture with me. It was really nice of him to do so because he did not have to do that, but he took time out of his day to just take a quick picture with me, and I went out of my way to respect his space, okay? If you're going to run into wrestlers at these airports, stop asking them to sign stuff, man. Stop that. That's rude. It's rude and disrespectful. Take a picture, if they allow that, and move on. They're human beings. Okay, not robots who sign stuff for you. Almost said if I make it big. When I make it big, trust me, if you're not a child... I will not be signing anything for you at the airport. We can take a picture if you want. The moment you pull out a pen, I'm gone. Because I have stuff to do. I'm already taking time out to take this photo with you. Like, just leave it there. Leave it there. Especially if you come... To me with a stack of stuff. I know you're not keeping all that stuff. I know you're selling. You're not making money off of me. You wasn't with me in the gym. Come on now, guys. Come on. Come on. Honestly, it's good to see KO back. It's good to see KO get a big pop. I remember when they first won the championships at Mania 39. And they kept coming out together. A lot of times, Sami Zayn was always getting the bigger pop. And I was like, oh, man, I really hope they don't write this into a storyline and make KO turn on Sammy again. I think we've seen enough of Sammy versus KO uh, to last us a few years. I like to see them as allies for a while going forward. And KO 
uh, on Monday got one of the biggest pops he's gotten in a long time. They were in Quebec City, which is, of course, uh, one of the neighboring cities of Montreal, Quebec, Canada, uh, in their home state of Canada. And, well, their home state of Quebec in Canada is what I'm trying to say. And uh, he got a huge pop. He got a huge pop. It was a surprise appearance. Nobody knew he was going to be there. You know, Sami Zayn came out, started to kind of promo. Judgment Day comes out. They start surrounding the ring like they're going to beat him up. And Sami's like, you think I came to Quebec City alone? And out comes Kevin Owens. Huge pop. Great to see him getting love and respect, man. Great to see him getting love and respect. One of the most underrated talents in the history of WWE. Can have a good match with anybody. Can do amazing things. Even though he does not have the most athletic build, it doesn't even matter. And that's inspirational to me. It's inspirational to my peers who are wrestling. The The game is changing. The game has changed in a big way. Uh, it's no longer the same professional wrestling industry that it was in the 70s where you had to be this chiseled tanned oily guy to be successful no now you can be a adam cole you can be a bronson reed you can be a kevin owens you can have any type of body type it's about can you connect with the audience and can you go in that ring that's what these promoters want to know so shout out to kevin owens for being one of those uh those barrier breakers you know he never got rid of his stomach, and I love it. He has a dad bod for days, and it's awesome. You go, Kevin Owens. One of the best wrestlers in the world right there. Kevin Owens. Great to see him back. Absolutely great to see him back. Well, that'll do it for tonight's episode of Manifest Wrestling here on Believe Network. I've been your host, Alfonso McCree Jr. That's A-L-P-H. O-N-S-O-M-C-C-R-A-E-E Junior. And you can bet on me. And you can bet that we will be back with more episodes. Make sure you follow and subscribe all of our social media and our YouTube pages. And follow this podcast. Sign for the notifications. Do all that stuff because we have more great episodes coming. I'm bringing that heat if you guys are bringing those views. So I will see you guys in the next episode. Until then. Stay blessed and stay safe, all of you out there in Southern California. I'm thinking about you guys. Love you guys. Peace. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.